Big D Entertainment, in association with Dipsy Doodle Productions, presents the Dave Holly Hour. Brought to you by TJS Ceramic Studio, Serendipity Studio Gallery and Gifts, Chasers Food and Spirits, XL Chiropractic, Quality Nails, Jesse Moffat Entertainment, and the Sioux Falls Arts Council. The Dave Holly Hour features Sioux Empire Arts and Entertainment Conversations. A true lover of arts, entertainment, good food and fun times, including an occasional Jack Daniels. Okay, so a few Jack Daniels. Here he is, Dave Holly. Welcome regular listeners and new alike. Hopefully those of you in the Sioux Empire are beginning to warm up after our sub-zero high temps. Yeah, always fun in the wintertime. Uh, but we have a cure. Today's show will warm you up. While it's typically arts and entertainment, later in the show we'll talk a little sports. Augustana University Hockey and their PA announcer Randy Preston. We're going to talk about how sports often cross over into entertainment. Also, coming up in a few minutes, we talk with Debbie Jones, Macy Lupica, and Whitney Rapana about the monstrous little theater production of two one-act plays back-to-back. But first, let's pop the cork on this bubbly little show. Time to grab your favorite beverage, lift it high, and toast it to being Thursday, a.k.a. Weekend Eve. Hey, the weekend isn't around the corner, it's here! So long, hump day in your frumpy way. We say hello to Thursdays with opening nights. The weekend is near and we can see the bright lights. Yes, Thursday, you're so hearty. We can't wait for Friday. So a day early, we start the party. Whatever you're drinking and whatever you're drinking it out of might very well be determined by where and when you're listening. My choice as typical, a Jasper Newton. For those of you that don't know, that's a Jack Daniels. Diet Coke with a lime. For you, whether it's a cup of coffee, glass of milk, bottle of water, mug of beer, a cocktail, a glass of wine, or a flute of champagne, lift it high and toast it to Snowplow Cruise. Oh, yeah. We all wish roads could be cleared in the matter of minutes, but... Trust us, none of us want to put in those 12 to 14 hour days that each of you snowplow drivers do. Thank you. Cheers to you, snowplowers. Hey, speaking of cheers, if you're a fan of the old sitcom Cheers, then you're gonna love Chasers Food and Beverage, West 12th and Ellis Road. The friendly staff will get to know you by name and provide you with great food and drinks. Oh, and lots of smiles. And Monday night is when we play Dave Holly Hour Trivia at Chasers, starting at 7. This coming Monday's trivia theme, Double Down, all about the twos. What over the past week made Dave laugh, guffaw, chuckle, chortle, giggle, oh, maybe smile, maybe even have a shed of a tear of joy. Well, this man always makes me smile. Ricardo Terabelsi at Our Wine Bar and Marabella's Restaurante. He also has Bricks Winery and so forth. But uh, while the annual burger battle is going on in downtown Sioux Falls this month, being the Italian that he is, Ricardo is having 
a lasagna battle between his own two establishments. He is just an amazing hospitality service provider and an innovative marketer, plus great supporter of the arts. Later in the show, we talk with announcer Randy Preston. Coming up next, Monstrous Little Theaters, Debbie Jones, Macy Lupica, and Whitney Rapana on the Dave Holly Hour. Get ready to unleash your creativity and spread the love, introducing the latest art movement that's sure to capture your heart, love. Artists of all backgrounds, it's your time to shine. Channel your passion and express the boundless facets of love through your unique creations, whether it's a canvas masterpiece, a photograph, or a sculpture that speaks volumes. We want to see your interpretation of love in all its forms. This is not just a call for art. It is an invitation to share your perspective on one of the most powerful emotions known to humanity. Love transcends boundaries, and so does art. Let your imagination run wild and submit your masterpiece to be part of something extraordinary. The call for art, love, is open to artists all around. Don't miss your chance to be featured in a showcase at Serendipity Studio in Sioux Falls that celebrates the universal language of love. Your art could inspire, uplift, and resonate with hearts around the globe. Join us in this artistic celebration. Visit our website at serendipitystudiosd.com for submission details deadlines, and more. Let your creativity radiate and be a beacon of love through your art. Because in a world that could always use more love, your masterpiece might just be the spark it needs. Call for Art Love, where passion meets creativity. Submit your masterpiece today and let the love flow through art like never before. The Love Exhibit runs from February 3rd the Love Exhibit runs from February 3rd through 24th. You can see it live at Serendipity Studio, located downtown Sioux Falls in the historic Shriver Building on the second floor. Check out the new ceramic studio in Sioux Falls, conveniently located off Kiwanis Avenue on 5th Street, TJS Ceramics, inside Oscar's Mini Storage. We have thousands of classic vintage ceramic mold items and several new items too. TJS Ceramics offers classes, special open studio nights, and completed ready-to-purchase items. Bisque, studio time, or painting parties are available. Visit TJS Ceramics Studio in person today or email tjsceramics at gmail.com for more details. Support the Dave Holly Hour in a very easy way. Buy Dave a cup of coffee by clicking the cup at davehollyhour.com. Oh, my goodness gracious. You just want to say it along with me by this point, don't you? That it is always a pleasure to talk Sioux Empire Arts and Entertainment. Always a pleasure to have guests that have already been on the show because that makes it so much easier. They know how this works. We just talk. We have a conversation. And today, I am surrounded by three absolutely lovely ladies that are beautiful human beings and all incredibly talented, too. They are from Monstrous Little Theater. And uh, we have its, uh, well, what's your official title, Debbie? Just founder or executive 
executive director. Executive director. Yeah, but this is kind of your baby that uh, you started a few years back. Yeah, I had the honor of starting it with Matt Stoffel and Jonathan mm-hmm. Mondell um, back in, gosh, 2016. Yeah. <laughs> Wild. Incredible, mm-hmm. huh? It does move along quickly. And now we have another show. Oh, excuse me. We have another performance that includes two shows. Yeah. A couple of one-act plays that are going to be going mm-hmm. on, Trifles and Natural Shocks. Yes, we are so excited for this pairing. Yeah. And you've got, uh, despite the fact that uh, you're in one and uh, Macy Lupica is in another, we do have the director of both, Whitney Rapata. <laughs> yes. How are you, Whitney? Good. Thanks, Good. Dave. Great to have you here again. <laughs> Thanks for having me back. Uh, and uh, now... You're kind of really stepping up in a lot of the different things that you've been involved in, aren't you? Yeah. 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 Um, I'm sure I'm trying, and I'm just really excited for this production in particular and to work with Monstrous. This will be my first production with yeah. Monstrous. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's going to be great. Also, first production with Monstrous for Macy Lupica. That's my third. It's your third? It's my third. She's wow. A I am. Oh, you're a veteran now. <laughs> I am. Oh. I'm, I'm, I get around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can take that however you want. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, trust me. All right. Speaking <laughs> of, let's just move it around then. All right. Uh, so, uh, Debbie. Why did you determine these two plays should be paired together? Well, we've had trifles on our list for years. We've read the script, loved the script, but it is uh, it's a one act and it's a short one act. Mm-hmm. And so we always knew that if we were going to do it, we wanted to have it paired with um, something else, some other, either another play or another art mm-hmm. form or... And then um, we discovered Natural Shocks, and the two just go so well together, not only in that they're both written by incredible female playwrights, but they're they're both about really powerful, a really power, they both have a really powerful story to tell, um, and the story is timeless. So one is set, you know, early, what, 1900s? Yeah, And then the other is set in the early 2000s. So it's just wild to see how a hundred year span, um, and we're still asking the same questions and solving the same problems. Well, I, I know that uh, one of the uh, missions of uh, your group that you put together, this theater company, is always to provide uh, quality uh, performances, first off, but uh, that you make sure that those performances I'm going to say touch a nerve, uh, but you always want to make sure that they hit to something that's a societal issue. Right. We want to tell stories that we think are important to tell and that need telling, especially in this community. Yeah. And I, I am so thankful for that. You know, we've got uh, all the big productions that take place around town that are great to go to. You get entertained. But, you know, sometimes we need to go in and uh, take a look at ourselves when we're watching theater. Uh, and uh, that's one of the things that I love about people that are willing to go and get kind of an edgy type of play out there. So kudos for doing that. Hey, thanks. All right. Uh, so, Whitney, tell us yeah. what it's like to work with these other two. Well, working with these two has been great. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, both of these shows hold so many different challenges, and I'm just really lucky to work with two casts. Um, Trifles has five people in it, and everybody has really stepped up, and they're just so willing to try different things, and um, <laughs> I might be asking a lot of a few of them, and I I just am so glad and grateful that they're willing to try what I ask. And um, and then Debbie, 
in natural shocks um, has this two to force of a show. I mean, it's just it's non it's a nonstop monologue and. Um, she is giving so much of herself to this role, and so I'm I'm just really lucky. All right, and uh, so now we'll ask the question. So Macy, what's she like to uh, be directed by? <laughs> oh, it's been super fun. Um, I always appreciate collaborative directors, and uh, Whitney's been super willing to try different things, do it different ways to see what feels right. Um, she has. There's definitely like different interpretations. So like I really admire her ability to kind of pull more out mm -hmm. of it than what is in the text um, because I kind of read it one way. And as the rehearsal process is gone, it's given me a lot of different things to think about. And I really like that about this particular process. All right. So it's kind of a double question for you, Debbie, because it's like, OK, what's it like to work under Whitney? But by the same token, you're the one that hired her to be the director of this. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, Whitney is just uh, an amazing person, and I'm so thankful to get to work with her. Not only is she also on the board for Monstrous now, we're so lucky to have her, <laughs> but then to have her directing this project has just been a dream. She um, is a director who does their homework. She mm -hmm. knows the scripts inside and out. And the way she directs, I love so much. She asks a lot of as-if questions. Um, when she's challenging actors to try different things. So she, she'll she give you a, an as-if statement. So like, try it again as if, you know, X, mm -hmm. Y, Z. And, and that has helped me so much just to, I mean, just like Macy said, you see this script in a different way. Right. And the text comes out in a different way than than how you might initially read it. Um, she also does a Kim Bartling move, I noticed, where she <laughs> she has you often play the opposite of what, again, of what you'd initially expect yep. the actor to say or how you'd expect them to say it uh -huh. just by reading it. She challenges you to play the opposite just to see how it sounds and how it reads. And that has just been so enlightening and so cool mm -hmm. to get to work with another director who who thinks like that mm -hmm. I'm, I'm very thankful and i and i admire and love kim bartling so much so it's just been cool to right. be like oh, that's something that kim does too so yeah winnie is awesome that's funny yeah. 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 yeah was that something you were aiming for well i've never worked with kim but um, i know her and and it's great to hear that thank you yeah that's a very good compliment you know and, and she still I, I think is a minus an award she should be given one of those big awards of Lifetime achievement wow. when, it, when it comes to everything day. around. Yeah, no doubt about that. Uh, oh, wink, wink, nod, nod. Okay, uh, so uh, Debbie, what uh, drew you to Whitney as a director when she said, hey, I want to do this? Well, we knew we wanted to have it directed by a female director. Mm -hmm. Again, these are really female, like, empowered stories and and. Whitney's got the credentials. I mean, she's <laughs> she's an experienced director, and and while maybe she hasn't directed as much in this community yet, she's directed a ton right. um, in her previous cities she's lived, and and she's got her I mean friggin' master's degree in directing. <laughs> like, um, and then have we always like to have um, our board members have the opportunity to, you know, be involved in whatever creative right. process yeah. they want to be, and so yeah, it it just made complete sense um and yeah she's again just brought such vision to this project so it's been cool and we also knew that we wanted to have both plays directed by one person just to have that joining vision mm -hmm. um go across the mm -hmm. the evening all right tell us about your character 
My character's name is Angela, and she is an insurance agent. However, she is obsessed with math, like to the the nth degree. The irony is that I'm I'm taking a course this semester that's <laughs> called quantitative analytics. So it's really fun because she talks about she talks a lot about statistics and um, actuarial science in her script, but in a way that's really she makes it exciting and fun. So that's been exciting and fun for me to mm-hmm. <laughs> to math learn cool. To learn from, yeah. yeah, to like learn from her and her words while I'm also like parallel <laughs> <laughs> trying to learn and understand actuarial science myself. Um so yeah, she says it's the it's like witchcraft. It's magic. It knows the future is one of her lines. And I just think she's also just really funny. So even while she's coping with some really difficult things, she um, she finds the humor in the situation. So it's, yeah, it's just been really fun to get to know her. I am going to be very interested in seeing this because I... I... I'm above average in math, but, you know, I never did calculus or any of that type of stuff. But I just love numbers, and I'm sure it's the fact that I'm the son of a CPA. Uh, And it's just uh, my father taught me so many great things about math. And I've I've done some magic in the past. Mm -hmm. And there is a lot of magic in math Mm -hmm. in the way that numbers work together and so forth. And so I'm going to be very, very interested in seeing how this all comes about. Now, is this one person, just you? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, sitting next to you is a gal that's done a one-person play. Yes, I know. So intimidating. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So have have you drawn from each other then? You know, Um, have have you said, you know, hey... Macy, what'd you do when you were doing this one-person show? Oh my gosh, Macy! I mean, well, just getting to watch Macy perform anytime is an honor, and well, as and any actor can learn <laughs> so much from her. But then also, like working with her, I will say there's one lesson that I learn from Macy every time that I've never implemented yet, and it's that she comes to the first rehearsal memorized. I do not. This, oh, woman, this woman is amazing. She can memorize so quickly, and that's been that's probably been the biggest challenge for me. It's just, <laughs> yeah. But it's a lot. It is a lot to memorize. Um, and I mean, but we're getting there. We're getting there. Yeah, no, <laughs> we're no, we're fine. Okay, good. I've been telling you because since I did Rachel Quarry, people have come to me and was like, I, I could never, I couldn't do that. And I just, I'm like, yes, you can. Please do. Like, please try because I didn't think I could either. And I did. So if I can do it, you can absolutely <laughs> do it. Um, and I also just, I like that because, you know, Storytellers has had that kind of string of, right. of one person shows. Mm-hmm. It's really great to see more people doing it because like we've established that there's an audience for it like people do right true people because to me one of the most intimidating things was like is somebody gonna want to just watch me for two hours like (laughs) with like no other real people interact with or whatever and uh so it it just it feels like an intimidating thing and it it is Mm -hmm. um and that it doesn't maybe the more kind of abstract stuff doesn't draw people um but it if we found that it does and so i'm hoping that you like we all see the same success in doing it all right so tell us about your role in the other play oh boy okay so my character's 
name is Mrs. Peters. They don't give you a first name, which I think is telling <laughs> enough, right? Um, and she is actually the wife of the county sheriff. And the whole kind of setting of this show is that there has been um, a death, a suspicious death. And she has come along to pick up some things from the house, from the crime scene, essentially. Um, and she obviously has probably gotten quite a few lectures about justice and the law and mm-hmm. process <laughs> and, you know, and she kind of has to come to face a more morally gray situation and has to to come to terms with that and make the decision of like, yes, this is the law, but is it right? Oh. Um, because we talked about this, she, mm-hmm. she probably goes through the biggest arc, like worldview shattered, <laughs> because <laughs> it doesn't feel right to punish mm-hmm. this person for once you kind of piece together the story. And this is set back in the early 1900s, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So what a woman was even allowed to think and so forth yes. there was such a squelch on that absolutely yeah so yes. that I, I can see how that would make that big arc like you're talking about and mm-hmm. and uh, so forth so yes uh that's a good thing and then uh Whitney, why don't you tell us who else is in that cast then yes um so that cast is five people you might have to help me with last names okay. <laughs> <laughs> um we have rose rose, rose reed, reed. Yes, oh, playing yeah. Mrs. Hale. Mm-hmm. and so you two have like this great partnership on stage mm-hmm. i'm so excited for everybody to see you too and then we have a few gentlemen as well mm-hmm. we have nathan sparks sparks, sparks. okay <laughs> devin devin finnessy and, she? Yeah. <laughs> and chris Andrews. Andrews. Yes. Oh. Yes. You know, Chris blows me away because, you know, I, I see him so often with Debbie in uh, yes. Improv Falls, uh, which, by the way, has a show this weekend, correct? Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Friday night. <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh, the first time then that I saw him on stage was in Lombardi. And I just was blown away by this guy. It's like, yes. holy crap, yes. what an actor. Yep. Yeah, yep. yeah. so you got some good people in there, that's Absolutely. for sure. Because, you know, Rose is kind of like the Energizer Bunny of uh, local acting. Seriously. Just keeps yeah. on going, just she keeps really on does. going. Yeah. yeah. Chris has surprised me because the thought, the consideration that yes. he... Because he, he has like a pretty decent like chunk, like a little monologue. Mm-hmm. But that's really it mm-hmm. um in this show but the amount of care and mm-hmm. thought that he has put into this one chunk of text Absolutely. is yeah so cool yeah he came to work yes. and I yeah did. i love it yes yeah. he did mm-hmm. so what are your thoughts as you go through the process uh in the rehearsals um you know because you're working with a cast and then yeah. you're working with a solo yeah <laughs> uh how do, how do you make it the same but how do you make it different mm-hmm. well i think the shows connect so beautifully the theme of both shows and you know the span over a hundred years um when we start with trifles we ask a lot of questions and um, we see the story of two women kind of unfolding. Well, three women really unfolding. Mm-hmm. And then as we fast forward over 100 years, we see one woman on stage really holding her own and fighting a very, very similar battle. And um, the challenges in that have been to make sure that the audience comes along for both shows. 
Mm -hmm. Um, Just making sure that that theme is clear and that these stories connect seamlessly. Um, But the joy has been that both of these stories hit (laughs) such a personal spot in my heart. And I'm sure a lot of people that watch it will be able to relate. so yeah, and, and not just female together. audience, but also the males yeah. in the audience. Yeah, will absolutely. Go, oh yeah, mm-hmm. and, and maybe even remember different times and how everything has changed. Yes, or yeah. not. Yeah. Yep. Oh yeah, or not. Yeah. True. Yeah, there's we're still asking some of the same questions, um, but yeah, this is really for everyone. All right, and uh, when is this play, and where is it, and how do we get tickets? <laughs> this sh- these shows open next Thursday, the twenty fifth, okay. and we're at Last Stops CD Shop on the east side. On the east, on the east side, side. yeah. Yep. Um, in their white room, is that what it's called? Yeah, the it's, white, it's the white last wall stop sessions. studio yeah. session. Yeah. yeah, last stop studio. Where like white wall sessions used to be mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, in the basement. Mm-hmm. All right. Yep. And so what times? 7.30 p.m. 7.30 p.m. Okay, excellent. And uh, how do we go about getting tickets? Tickets are available on www.monstrouslittletheater.com. All right. Excellent. Now, we can talk about other things now, too, because we have plenty <laughs> of time. That's what I love about a podcast. You know, <laughs> time... Pfft. Might be called the Dave Holly Hour. Sometimes it's 90 minutes. You never know. <laughs> Bring it on. <laughs> so let's talk about the other uh, theater things that all of you do. Uh, Whitney, you, this is back-to-back directing for you. Yeah. You just finished up um, a marvelous show. It was so old, beautiful. That was great. <laughs> Thank uh, you. Miracle on 34th Street. Yeah. Uh, the radio play as a play. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, amazing job. And so that was, uh, you know, for part of Goodnight Theater. Yes. Now you're directing here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what are you missing in your resume? What am I missing? Yes. <laughs> what an interesting question. I feel like a lot. There's still like a lot I want to do. Right. But, um, including like a one woman show. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm watching Debbie and okay. she's just doing such a fantastic job. And I've never really thought about it, but I'm like, that would be fun. Um, <laughs> you can do it. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's kind of something that's like put an idea in my head. Um, and I hope just keep to, to keep directing. Mm-hmm. Um, I love these two shows because monstrous does this really cool thing where we we find a space and we do whatever we can right and um i think that adds so many challenges but it also kind of makes it like rough and ready and puts the stories kind of right in your face which i really really love um and so i hope to do more of that all right Yeah. yeah what about writing Oh no! <laughs> there's, there's a few things that you know. Right? Yeah. You know, and it's funny because a recent guest, I said, "Well, what about directing?" Oh no! Oh really? Oh, right. <laughs> so yeah. went completely the opposite on that, and so forth. All right, mm-hmm. Macy, you have been uh, so busy uh, as well. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, quite a bit with. Um, MCAP. Yeah. Yes. The Mighty Corson Art Players. Mm-hmm. You're on the board there, for I one thing. I am on the board. Yeah. Yes. And uh, you had a marvelous role to open up the year. Uh, tell us what that experience was like. Um, it was interesting. Um, I, when we were doing script selection, even last year when I read that script, uh, that was one of the ones that I was like, ooh, yes. Like, this is the word like it just all came to life in my brain immediately um 
And so I was really invested in wanting to do it. Um, so I was, and it's so many good people auditioned for it too. Like I legitimately got nervous. I was like, if I don't do this show, I'll be really sad. Um, but it was such an awesome cast, like Nancy Tapkin, mm -hmm. Nathan Sparks and Devin and, um, Tyler Johnson, Tyler F. Johnson. Yes, I'm sorry. don't forget that. Um, <laughs> I love you, Tyler. Um, and it was just such a well, like just a highly elevated cast telling such a unique, very little hurt, very little known story. Mm -hmm. um, and it was, it's probably one of my favorite things that I've done Yeah, because... Well, it showed in, in terms of the performance. It was uh, phenomenal. Story. Yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, the the writing was phenomenal. It was so good, and um, the the congr the congressional hearing scene particularly that wasn't mm -hmm. that was just straight up pulled from transcripts, which makes it even more infuriating. Oh yeah, that was all real. All the things <laughs> that they said was yes, it was <laughs> it was bad, but um, easily like my favorite thing that I've done with MCAP yeah. and then even just really overall overall yeah. has been uh and then uh, you lean toward at least a, a few shows yeah doing real life people I do I think I'm carving out a niche for myself and it's <laughs> biopics I don't yeah. know because <laughs> Rachel Corey was a real person Jerry Cobb was a real person um we'll have to keep I'll, I'm willing to keep pursuing that because that's an interesting. I just like the the history behind it too. Yeah. Like really finding old pictures or like reading kind of where they came from or reading stuff directly from them. Like I have an entire book of all of Rachel Corey's journal and like all of them um, from when she was starting when she was like seven years old. Wow! So that was really cool. Just to bring somebody back to life. What an added benefit, though, to uh, researching a part. Yes. Yeah, to have that available. And, uh, you know, when you're thinking of how you want to portray a character, yes. obviously what you see written, and the pictures and so forth, mm -hmm. uh, gives you a great idea. But uh, whew, uh, both of those were phenomenal performances. Thank you. Yeah, they just, were lovely to yeah. do. And I believe uh, Debbie Jones, I, I once said... Uh, that Debbie Jones makes every single moment of every single step that she takes. I'm kind of paraphrasing myself now uh, that I had said in the Sioux Falls stage. Uh, but that is the thing that I always appreciate seeing uh, you being on stage, even when you're doing the improv, is that every single little thing, you make it happen. <laughs> where, 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 where do you think that came from? I mean, is it just uh, you, you've done it so much? Or, um, you know, every movement for you counts. Oh, I see. Okay. It took me a second. I wasn't 100% following what you were saying. <laughs> but I'm caught up now. Maybe that's it. Maybe I'm just taking my time <laughs> to catch up. Um, I, I don't know. Yeah. But uh, it works for you. But uh, what do you think when you go in to audition for a show? You know, what's your process of I've got this uh, or, boy, I'll, I'll do whatever. Um, 
this is my character. I gotta have it. Um, I've never, I've never felt like that. Um, like a, this is my character. I've gotta have it. I I like to look at auditions as just an opportunity to play, mm-hmm. um, and to I mean get to try things with different people. I, it, auditions are performances, so it's but they're perform they're low pressure performances mm-hmm. if you think about it because you're not having to be memorized or like in front of an audience right, or sell yeah. tickets. That's, the perspective um, is so interesting. Yeah. <laughs> to me, the audition is the worst part, and I put so much pressure on myself oh my that it's gosh. like they just make my stomach hurt. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's if you. If you do, if there is like a part you really want, I like I, I'm trying to think of a time, but my memory is also not great to be honest. <laughs> so, um, I'm sure there's been I I think the the only time when I've been like crushed after an audition, I did have one year um, where I didn't get cast in anything that I had been cast mm-hmm. previously. Like I had I had a year where like yep. I didn't get invited back to like. F- three four different companies that i wow. worked for um and it individually each project made sense like the whatever show i was auditioning for like i wasn't the right fit for yeah. the part um but it was just that there were so many right in a row. <laughs> <laughs> it was, yes it was like that was tough um <laughs> we're like you know i would have I done anything but they were all like small plays so Mm-hmm. And it always makes sense. Yeah. Like you always, oh, yeah. like you go and it makes sense, mm-hmm. but it's still just like, oh man. Yeah. Yeah. Dang it. Yeah. 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 So, but that was good because it gave me the opportunity to A, like, you know, develop the rest of my personhood and, <laughs> and, um, and B, go back to work and, and see, well, you know, at the time I feel like, like singing was a big thing that I was working on in practice. Mm-hmm. And that's still, that's still probably the thing that I, practice and work on need to work on the most um yeah so went back to lessons with amy i mean it was a good year yeah yeah all right well it always works no matter what and that's what's uh, so great is to see how this all comes together so from a director standpoint mm-hmm. when it's auditions yeah and you've got uh, x amount of people coming in and you've only got so many spots to fill mm-hmm. um, <laughs> how do you feel about that process what what goes through your mind yeah so i hate casting, I hate <laughs> casting. it's so hard like people really underestimate how difficult casting is Mm -hmm. and that can I really think it makes or breaks your show Mm -hmm. and really what I'm looking for always is people who are willing to do the work who are willing to play Mm -hmm. so often people come in and they're nervous and they have something prepared and often they're like stuck in what they've prepared Uh and really what I'm looking for when I have the opportunity to kind of play and give maybe like small direction is just to see if they'll break out of any habit that they've already Mm. formed you know so if they did it sad hey can you try something else and let's like make this a joyful moment and then I'll get to see who is willing (laughs) to to listen and who's willing to just try different things? Because I think ultimately in rehearsals, that's always what I'm looking for. I'm like, ah, oh, let's just try something else. Man, that doesn't feel great. Let's try something else. <laughs> and, and so I need actors who have that sort of experience, whether it's with improv. I find like mm. actors who have done improv 
often are are just so willing to do anything to try anything mm-hmm. um, or whether they just really know their characters and their lines so well that they can take any direction at the drop of a hat and and flip it you know so that's always what I'm looking for is just people who are willing to work with me I guess <laughs> wonderful all right so uh, as we uh, finish up here you've all been on before and answered the questions of you know when you're not part of the arts and entertainment what do you like to be entertained by and then any other hobbies and so forth but let's flip it around a little differently this time since we're into the new year are uh, you a resolution person or a goal setter oh um this year (laughs) like usually i'm usually uh i guess i'm a resolution person usually but this year my resolution was to not do that (laughs) (laughs) and i'm just kind of trying to take life day by day Uh and live more in the moment that's my goal for this year all right macy how about you resolutions or goals i am neither i live in constant (laughs) chaos and i have no idea what is happening from one day to the next um i'm still particularly this year i'm just trying to be gentle on myself because the Mm -hmm. back half of 2023 was not good um so i'm just trying to um take it easy and keep trying to find stuff that I already know that I love doing. And I, I guess the only goal is to, to try and, and be in a musical sometime soon. Mm-hmm. I've been taking lessons for a while and I want to try it, but um, we'll see how that goes. All but right. yeah, usually no, I just take the opportunities as they come. Yeah. <laughs> we'll look forward to it. All right, yeah. Debbie Jones. How about you? Resolutions or goals? What are you? I usually pick a word for the year. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So my word for this year is posture, which is kind of an odd word. But the idea is that I need to like correct my posture first and foremost, but also like just stand true to myself and stand firm within. Right. What are your new beliefs and so forth? Yeah. Yeah. But I I really like the word that Macy said, too. Like, I also just want to be gentle on myself. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. We all need to be that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Too much uh, out there in terms of depression, anxiety, and so forth that people yeah. still, there's another thing people still don't understand oh, yeah. well enough. Yeah. All right. But Monstrous Little Theater will probably, well, you, you have done some shows concerning that uh, in a, terms of depression and so forth uh but uh i'm uh so happy that uh, all three of you could be here today so debbie just to tell us once again dates times tickets january 25th 26th and 27th it's a thursday friday saturday night at 7 30 p.m at the last stop cd shop on the east side east 10th street in the basement the white wall sessions and or the last stop studio area um tickets are available at www.monstrouslittletheater.com they are cheaper if you purchase them in advance versus at the door so i'd highly recommend everyone just pull out your phones you already have your phone out because you're listening to this podcast just pull up (laughs) our website right now and reserve your tickets um it's gonna be just a beautiful night um i think the whole thing won't be longer than 90 minutes mm-hmm. at most yeah. um for and you that's two different plays like that's yeah. two different beautiful stories um and not only that but our a portion of our ticket proceeds will get donated to an organization in our town that supports 
women who have struggled with domestic violence um, and domestic mm-hmm. abuse. So um, not only are you getting to see great art, but you're doing a good thing. Yeah. So um, y'all just get your tickets. Cause All right. It's going to be great. Debbie Jones, Macy Lupica, and Whitney Rapana. Yeah. Thank you all. Appreciate your time Thank for being you on the show. And we'll be back with more of the Dave Holly Hour in just a moment. Ladies, when it's time to give your nails some love, get that extra special treatment from Quality Nails on South Minnesota Avenue in Sioux Falls. Manicures and pedicures that look great and make you feel fantastic. Zaya and Tony provide professional care for your hands and feet, whether you just want the basics or an extra special look with added flair. Oh, and guys, it's okay to treat yourself too. Quality Nails. Call for an appointment. 605-334-1463. Comedy magician and hypnotist Jesse Moffitt's right. He can't play the piano, but he can sure entertain crowds with his amazing magic and clever quips. His shows always make the participants the stars, especially when they've fallen asleep on stage. Uh, I mean, they've been hypnotized. Are you the party planner in your group? Then you owe it to your group to make the event magical, even if it puts you to sleep. Here's how. For booking information, go to Jesse Moffat Entertainment on Facebook. That's J-E-S-S-E-M-O-F-F-I-T-T. Or call 605-929-0964. The Dave Holly Hour. Like eavesdropping on a great conversation between two very interesting people. Welcome back, everybody. Yes, you are getting so used to saying it along with me that you just want to have it come out of your mouth, too. This is such a pleasure. It's always a pleasure to talk Sioux Empire Arts and Entertainment. Sometimes entertainment includes sports. Joining us today, someone that uh, we've, we've had a long, long past and recently over the years reacquainted. Randy Preston, how are you? Doing great, Dave. How's, how are you doing? I am fantastic, and it's uh, so great to have you along. The reason we have you here at this time of year is because, well, you know, people are feeling frozen out there, and that means ice. You happen to be the voice, the PA announcer for both the Stampede and now Augustana University, their first D1 program, and the Midco they call it the Midco Arena, right? Midco Arena, yes. Midco Arena is going to be open next week. That's the plan. <laughs> okay. <laughs> There's contingencies in place? Always. Yeah, okay. Always. But uh, they've been uh, playing, and uh, they've won a few games even, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, they've been uh, playing out at uh, the Denny in the meantime. Yes. And so now, they're officially, even though they've had quote-unquote home games, this will be the true first home game. Yes, I was talking to uh, Emily and Josh out there in their athletic department, and uh, one of their big concerns they had going into the season was the fact that they were going to have to have two home openers. Yeah, true. One at the Premier Center and one (laughs) one at the Midco Arena. Yeah, so it it should be a joyous time, I had the feeling. Yes. Uh, So, you know, uh, it was uh, early 80s that we were in college. Yes. And uh, now going to Augie, to do that for them is it a little strange does it take you back college days at all uh, it does a little bit although you know i didn't do any of this type of stuff in college right. i was as you know uh, much involved in the arts uh, a lot of singing a lot of theater right. yeah. um but uh over the years as i uh 
got a family and and kind of uh, grew into my my career life. Uh, becoming a PA announcer for my kids' sporting events just seemed to be a natural. So that's where the start was. Yeah. <laughs> I wondered how you got into it. Yeah. My uh, my son played youth hockey. It started when he was like four or five years old. Mm-hmm. And I was like the only dad there that didn't mind hearing his own voice over the PA system. So I invested a bunch of money in getting some decent mics and putting together a music package that we could play over the PA system, a mixer so that we could actually right. have different things going oh, so at the you, same you, time. You implemented that. Yes. Wow. That was back in the in the days when Sioux Falls Youth Hockey used to play in the Expo building, the building? at the fairgrounds. Yeah, yeah. I recall that. Goodness gracious, a big step up these days. Oh, yeah. Uh, and so. uh, when did you start with the Stampede then? I started with the Stampede in 2012. Okay, um, because uh, I knew the original PA, uh, mm-hmm. the young man, uh, Garrett Wilson. Yes. Uh, because I had trained him at KBRK in Brookings. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, we got into a little bit of a tiff one time when he was supposed to be working a board shift, and uh, he had to do PA oh, great. one night. It's like, check your calendar next time, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> but anywho, uh, you know, the one thing that uh, we find uh, when it comes to PA announcers uh in the current world of sports, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to minor league, college, and so forth, is the fact that it's not just the information that you're throwing out there. Yes, you still do that, but you're, like many old AM radio stations used to be, uh, informative and entertaining. Yes. Yeah. So what spin is it that you like to put on hockey? Well, hockey's a little different than most of the things. That, I mean, baseball, obviously. Right, we when you do the Canaries. Canaries. Um Canaries, I get to be a little bit wacky, a little weird, tell a lot of jokes. Um, hockey's pretty, very businesslike, to be honest mm-hmm. with you, uh, particularly with the Stampede. They have lots of sponsors. True. They, uh, we, I spend a lot of time reading commercials and and advertisements, and, but at the same time, I also spend a lot of time pumping up the crowd. And right. So my, you know, my go-to is, ladies and gentlemen, let's get loud in the Premier Center, about as right. loud as I can, shouting into a microphone. Um, and then coordinating that with the uh, crew that's upstairs running all the video boards and making certain that everything is kind of uh, a single package. And yeah, it just that, makes it a lot of fun. That is where a PA announcer earns their cash now. Mm-hmm. You know, it used to be, uh, yeah, you know, let's say it was hockey, uh, goal by number 24, blah, 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 assisted by, and that was pretty much it. But, right. Man, you got all this other you know, overload of the senses going on at the same time. Well, and Saturday night is particularly challenging. Um, if it's a power play goal, in other words, if the team's scored a goal um, as well, the other team has a penalty, right? Um, I have a goal read, you know, okay, scored by number fourteen, Chris Pelosi, assisted by whomever, right? Repeat that, repeat it, say the time, and that was a Chick Fil A goal. Chick Fil A, you know, if you uh-huh. get four goals tonight, you get a free sandwich, and as a power play goal, brought to you by Prairie Farms, and then so I've got. <laughs> 45 seconds of stuff after a goal is scored that I have to not only remember to do, but I also have to coordinate with what's going on upstairs. Right. So you've got three different announcements you're doing, one of which you do twice. Yes. Wow. (laughs) That keeps it all going, that's for sure. Uh, What else do you like to throw in in terms of, you know, when we go and uh, we go to a Stampede game, now we're going to go to be uh, at the uh, Midco Arena Mm -hmm. for an Augie game. What are we going to hear differently between the two? Well, the the key difference is with uh, with Augustana, I don't have as many commercials and that type of stuff mm-hmm. to read. So my main job is pumping up the crowd, providing information. Yeah. And I've already put together my 
my goal call, which is important to me because there's a right. you have a signature that you are yeah. trying to go for. And I've kind of aimed it or targeted it after like the old the Skull Vikings, mm-hmm. except instead of Skull Vikings, oh. it's Goal Vikings. Vikings. Uh-huh. So that uh, I've already gotten a lot of compliments about that, and that Excellent. was just improvised. Yeah, um, and uh, so uh, when that happens, then. You expecting the arena, the new arena, just to erupt? Yes. Yeah. And they also have something very interesting in the new arena, and I think it's called a a yellow horn, the big Viking horn. Oh, that goes that has you know makes the right. giant noise like they play at the Vikings yeah. arena up in the uh, yeah. We have one. Oh. Custom built for the arena. Ooh. So for any time there is a goal scored, you will hear the Gellerhorn uh, before anything <laughs> and, else happens. And I'm guessing since you said custom made that, you know, what, $2.20 yeah, available yeah. at uh, <laughs> uh, the uh, Dollar Tree or something Exactly. Like <laughs> exactly not. Uh, <laughs> so did you get to put together, I mean, obviously you have to uh, work with Augie then. Yes. Uh, in terms of all the things that they need uh, throughout mm-hmm. uh, and so forth. But uh, to what extent do... You get to throw in the music and the different, uh, you know, cues that you like. Yeah, I don't. So uh, I am. This is for, a breeze for you. For this is a breeze. For <laughs> Augie is is about a third of, of much talking, as what it is with the stampede. stampede. Yeah, and you know, with the canaries, I'm talking probably three times as much as I do with the stampede. Right. And I'm helping with music, and I'm helping with sound effects, yeah. and I'm coordinating the booth upstairs, making certain that you know Christine to my right is getting the right information up while she's directing all the video stuff as well. Chris to my left is putting the player walk-up music on or something goofy and silly and funny. And I'm just, uh, you know, using my voice. Yeah, but listening at the same <laughs> yes, time. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's and then I'll have, so different, yeah. Yeah, and then I'll have a headset on and I'm talking to John on the on a telephone, right. making certain that he's in the right place at the right time. Yes, you know. that, that would be uh, John Gaskins, yes. who has uh, appeared on this show Oh, many times. <laughs> Give him grief every time about it. It's always fun. Your first time being on here. Yes. Yeah, great to have you. And uh, so we, we've covered uh, the hockey part. Uh, let's think ahead to some warmer weather, especially oh, yeah. since you're wearing a Hawaiian shirt today. <laughs> and the, the temperature is now four above. Wow. It's got a plus sign in front of it. That's amazing, isn't it? 100%. <laughs> So let's think spring and uh, baseball. Yes. And uh, how did you get involved with the Canaries? The Canaries was an offshoot of the Stampede. Okay. At the time, the Canaries and Stampede were owned by the same ownership group. Mm -hmm. Um, I was approached to do Stampede hockey because the owner of the team, one of the owners of the team, Gary Weckworth, whom you probably know, certainly, uh, heard me doing PA in the arena for some youth little, like, eight-year-old game uh-huh. that there was there. And he, and my voice sounded big yeah. at the arena and energetic. And he kind of liked that. And he said, boy, you could be our next PA announcer. And I said, sign me up. I'm ready to go. <laughs> well, we've already got a guy, but you know, you could be our backup. backup that'd be yeah. great. So let's fast forward two months. It's the first round of the playoffs and their guy is sick. So my first game as a stampede is a playoff is game. A playoff game. <laughs> no idea what I'm doing. None. You know, I think I might have been at that one, <laughs> if I recall right. Yeah. It was it was it was a rough night, but uh, we got through it. And they then next night, same thing, and mm-hmm. got through it. And was told at that point, you know, um, we've got the Canaries, and we need a backup PA guy for the Canaries too. 
can you do that? I said, sure, I'll need to come up and learn. I'm not a big baseball guy. I'm a hockey guy. So I went up and learned, uh, learned from one of the best, Alex Heinert. Yep. And uh, he, uh, he taught me a lot about how to pace the game um, from, a, from the PA standpoint. Um, most of that summer, I spent up in the booth in one capacity or another doing video for the video board or playing music or something. And August came around and Alex uh, left his job at USF and got out of town, left town. And so I ended up doing the last month and a half of games, and that was when it started, and I have not really missed maybe five games since then. Yeah. Now tell me this. Uh, so um, in the calendar year of 2024, between yes. Stampede, Augie Hockey, and the Canaries, uh, let's uh, say not including any playoffs mm -hmm. at, at this point, how many games will you be the PA announcer at? At least 100. Wow. Mm -hmm. 50 Canaries games, yeah. 30 Stampede games, 15 Augustana games, and then there's high school baseball and oh my youth hockey and just other things yeah. that I that I you know throw my hat into. Yeah, every once and, in a while. and this all started because of the youth hockey uh, yes. for your son. Then yeah, oh amazing. Did you think it would end up at this point? I haven't snow. Yeah, no. Are you thankful it did? Absolutely. Yeah. I have such I, a good you, time. You know, that's one of the things that, you know, Gaskins and I have talked about this, and I got to fill in for him once last mm -hmm. year and worked with you, and it was a great time. Uh, and he says, you know, I get to watch a baseball game, I get to have fun, and I can even drink beer on the job. Yes. <laughs> we have a special code. Uh, whenever we're thirsty, uh -huh. um, I get on our little radio and I yell to our operations director. I say, sassafras. <laughs> and then magically, about 10 minutes later, a can of uh, a tall can of Leinenkugel shows up in, in front of me. <laughs> sassafras. I love yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So let's go back. Uh, you know, so we've talked a little baseball, but uh, in terms of all three, you know, the, the difference in sports now um, is so much entertainment that goes along with yes. it. Yes. Uh, do you ever get to have any poll in that as to, you know, who is in, who's not? Well, with the Canaries, I do. Mm -hmm. um, the Canaries, uh, since about nine, uh, 2018, 2019, okay. right in there, I started doing a lot of the uh, the script writing and the management of the okay. game day operations. That ended with the new ownership group, mm -hmm. but I'm still highly sought after in terms of my expertise and, right. and what I do. Ideas and creativity, right. yeah. And... There's, on any given night out at the Canaries, there might be one game that I've had, um, you know, one between inning game that I've had something to do with, that I've had something mm -hmm. to either say or set up or kind of, here. here's how I think this should go, and it works. Yeah. So. Now, are there things in uh, the hockey world that you see that you'd kind of like to implement? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 100%. And and usually it's entertainment stuff. Right. Um, One of my favorite all-time games that we ever did out at the Canary Stadium was a game called Aw Snap. Aw, snap. snap. Yeah. And we tied two people to a bungee cord and had them run away from each other. <laughs> Aw, snap. <laughs> and, so who was the winner? Um, if somebody stood and well, fell down? What or? we did was we, we put a baseball on top of a uh, like a safety cone. Okay. Just out of the reach of the bungee cord. And so whoever, uh, got, the, whoever got the baseball won. Oh, got it. Um, we had to stop doing that because of some insurance issues. <laughs> But I always thought it was a great piece of entertainment, particularly name. Yeah, Osnap, particularly if we could get an insurance agency to sponsor it. Yeah. You know, Osnap brought to you by somebody. <laughs> so and so State Farmers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
And for the first couple of seasons, we had that, and it was just, it was a lot of fun. Obviously, you enjoy what you do, and uh, Mm -hmm. that's always a great part for me is to see people that are passionate uh, about what they do and the enjoyment, the joy uh, that uh, is, is fulfilling people that way. Are you comfortable at this point, or do you go... I wonder if there's ever going to be a, a spot for the twins or uh, the wild. You know, anything. I've not really made that leap, mm-hmm. and one of the reasons I've not made that leap is, you know, I'm getting getting older. Um, I'm pretty comfortable here in Sioux Falls. Mm-hmm. I have what I think are the premier events in Sioux Falls that I do. True. Between those, you know, those three um, those three sporting teams and, and events, I'm. You know, 100 nights a year. That's a lot of nights. That it is, yeah. And uh, I ha- I enjoy it, and I get paid to do it. So, yeah. I, you know, I'm pretty good. <laughs> I'm pretty happy at this good point. Good spot to be in. Yeah. <laughs> you ever thought of acting again? You know, I've done some acting um, about 20 years ago here in town. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was working at a, uh, a, I was working at Central Church. I was I was their production manager. Okay. There, uh, as part-time with all the other stuff I do, you know me. Um, <laughs> but uh, I got up on stage three or four times for that. We did a series of one acts, and I was involved in a couple of them. And I really enjoyed it. But my joy really came from working behind the scenes. And it has for years. Um, I spent two seasons with uh, what's now the Premier Playhouse mm-hmm. as a sound designer. Designed sound for Little Shop of Horrors and Rent and Mary Poppins and uh, Spamalot. And also then... Uh, ran the sound for those shows too Mm -hmm. and I really enjoyed that just being behind the scenes but still being there every night and being there for not the entire run of the rehearsals but at least the last couple weeks the last week of tech rehearsals and so forth and trying to figure out how am I going to mic 15 people with 8 mic packs Uh. you know that was what I was good at was here okay this this one needs to go to this person at this point hand it off yeah and Scene four, now it goes over to Mary. A hundred percent. And the fact that they had a digital board at the uh, at the premier, at the playhouse didn't hurt because I could actually memorize everything on the board. And when it came to coming up the next scene, I just hit a button and all the faders would move. Yep. The mics would unmute. Everything would be ready for me at the next scene. And then I'd just follow my cue book from there. Yeah. So Well, you still get out and about, though, to yes. uh, go to a lot of things. What have you enjoyed uh, recently in the arts? Well, Spring Awakening, uh, Good Night Theater. Tremendous show. Tremendous show. It's been a favorite of mine. It was actually on a bucket list of shows that I would love really? to run sound for um, because I love the music. I love the uh, the justice, juxtaposition of the characters being from 1880s Germany and yet singing modern rock, rock and, roll. and roll. Yeah, It's just so cool. And the subject matter, of course, is uh, a bit risque, but it's yeah. incredibly important that people True. talk about it. In um, fact, that's uh, the the previous guest uh, from Monstrous Little Theater. We were talking about that. They do a lot of edgy things, yeah, and to bring up social issues. And and I even said something about, you know, it, it's uh, one of those that we might be very uncomfortable at, mm-hmm. but we have to hear it. Yes, yeah. I am a big supporter of the Pavilion and the things that they do. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been to a few shows this season. I don't necessarily buy a season ticket package because. Right. You know, I've got a lot of competition for my time (laughs) on nights. Yeah. But I did get to see Beetlejuice when it came through. Okay. I saw Aladdin when it came through. 
Um, I didn't get to see To Kill a Mockingbird. I would have liked to have seen that. I didn't either. Okay. But I think the Mockingbird's wings froze yeah. while they were here in Sioux Falls anyway. <laughs> I can't imagine. Wow. But uh, those that have been to it that I've uh, heard rave reviews yeah. about. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's shows that I connect with and there's shows mm-hmm. that I just don't connect with at all. Um, uh, Dear Evan Hansen was a show I saw last season. I didn't connect with it. Really? I love the music. I yeah. love the concept. I love the, I thought it was one of the best technically done theater pieces I've seen in a long time with the moving sets and the projection right. and lighting. But I didn't connect with the story. Huh. And that just really disturbed me for a while. So having worked behind the scenes, does that make you take a different look at a production versus the average theater goer? Oh, I think so. Yeah. I'm constantly looking to see what they're doing for lighting, what they're, yeah. you know, how the sound is. Well, I agree with you on that part of Evan Hansen. That was technologically a wonder. Yeah. And I thought the sound was very well done. Yeah. I mean, that's one thing that some shows that come to the pavilion just haven't quite figured out yet is how to do sound so that people don't have to be necessarily actively listening, listening mm-hmm. if that makes any sense at all. Um. I've always been one that kind of puts the vocals a little bit on top of the music so that the music's there and it sounds great, but you can still understand what the people are singing. That's not always the case. Yeah, some sound uh, engineers forget that uh, background music has the word background. Right. (laughs) It's just a little, yeah. And then if you get songs, especially where the lyrics are, you know, melodic, but you can't distinguish between Mm -hmm. syllable A and syllable B. Yeah, it gets a little rough that way. Well, I did an, uh, an interesting, I watched a documentary on the original making of Spring Awakening, the Broadway show. Okay. This was happening about the same time this the show was being performed here by Goodnight. And I was amazed at how much problem they had initially with uh, people in the audience following what was going on with the music. Because if you remember the music, people are jumping all over the place. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll have one character singing and then somebody on the other side of the stage singing and somebody on the other side of the stage singing. And to do that in a, um, without lighting where people are being enhanced or people are standing up and making themselves aware, people are having a hard time following the, uh, the lyrics and following the song. Uh-huh. I can so, see how that would have happened. Yeah. yeah but uh, it, technologically, things just seem to Find a way to correct themselves now, too. Yes. <laughs> no doubt about that. All right, so, uh, you know, what got you into arts originally, arts and entertainment? You've always been a big follower and yeah. a participant in many ways. Well, I started probably in high school. Uh, mm-hmm. I was in uh, my first show in high school. It was actually not in high school. I was in junior high. We did Oliver. Yes, back when we had junior high, not yes, middle school. not middle school. This was junior <laughs> high. Uh, we did Oliver, and I was one of the uh, one of the Oliver one of the uh, pick out, uh, pickpocket boys. Pick, pick, okay, and the only pickpocket boy in the cast that had lines. Oh my! And if I remember right, one of my lines was nose wipes. I don't remember anything more than that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think we were pickpocketing nose wipes at the time. Oh my! Um, freshman year in in high school, I was in several shows. I was uh, selected to play Snoopy in You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown, mm-hmm. which is. A part that if you've never played it, you don't understand how intense that part is because it's a. I mean, there's a lot. <laughs> there is. Yeah, you're not just a dog. Right. <laughs> you're you're almost become the narrator of the show, sort of. Yeah. And there's not one scene that Snoopy's in that pays any mind to any other scene that anybody else is in. It's he's not part of the story per se. <laughs> it, it's just vignette after vignette after vignette. 
Um, I was in Oklahoma in high school. I was in a couple of Shakespeare shows. Uh, got to college at Westmar. Um, we, our first semester, we did Kiss Me Kate, and I was one of the two gangster guys. So got to sing Brush that Up Your Shakespeare. That is one of the greatest roles ever. I love when I see those gangsters come out yeah. of that. That's just magic. Yeah. And so, and then I've always been a singer, always yeah. been um, involved in, in theater, singing, and I played band and, in, in, you know, I played trombone for a number of years. Mm-hmm. Haven't touched it for a while, but, you know, every once in a while I take it out, shine it up, and okay. blow into and, it and, and say, pretend that you're going to be playing it again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. No, so, Randy, uh, we always like to end with a couple of questions. Uh, and how you answer the first one might determine whether the second one needs to be asked. So the first one is when you are not part of the arts and entertainment scene, what do you like to be entertained by? I am a big race fan. I love auto racing. Auto racing, okay. Yes, so that's probably something you haven't heard here very often. No, other than Robin Byrne, Formula One Exactly, stuff. Yeah. Robin, oh, great, yeah, I totally get that. Um, but I, uh, I've been in, uh, had been going to Usitz and the various racetracks here locally for years. Mm-hmm. Um, my son is now a camera operator for Dirt Vision, which is the streaming service for World of Outlaws. Oh, wow. And so throughout the summer, he'll, him and perhaps myself or my wife will travel uh-huh. and we'll go to Grand Forks yeah. and Fargo for the weekend or maybe down to Kansas or something for a week. And he'll be working at night and we'll kind of hang out in the hotel and do whatever. Yeah. But I've always enjoyed auto racing um, ever since I was a small child. You ever done PA for auto racing? I have not. I have. Okay. It's interesting. I get him out of badge. And I know Sean yeah. Eastead with, uh, with Husets and... I am enthralled with the way he calls a calls a race. Yeah, and it, it's interesting, you know, because uh, at some tracks, because uh, I worked about three different tracks, I believe, at uh, some tracks, you know, it, it's pretty much just say who the winner was, and mm-hmm. it places and so forth. Uh, and uh, but I always like to do it almost as a play by play. Right. And so I'm talking about takes the lead over and curve, uh, you know, in turn number three, stuff like that. And uh, then the uh, one guy says. Wow, we've never had anybody do that here. <laughs> and I was thinking that's the way it was always supposed to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, besides that, uh, any other hobbies then? Well, hobbies, um I do some video editing. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like to get myself in, engrossed in that a little bit. Um spend a lot of time gardening at home and hanging out with my wife and my kid. My kids, I should say. Uh-huh. Um I've been a sound engineer at church and i enjoy doing that from time to time haven't done that for a while so i mean i'm just it's kind of a little everything yeah well fantastic renaissance man (laughs) there you go you go to that i have been i've only been to the one here a couple of times i go to minneapolis whenever i can yeah um got to go visit my buddy uh, zilch the tory steller you know zilch i know zilch oh great guy yeah i've interviewed him a few times yeah terry's the best he is amazing and, you know, what's great is, you know, everybody thinks, oh, this is a cute little bit that this guy does. Read his resume sometime, people. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. You 100%. will be shocked. It was amazing. <laughs> so uh, five or six years ago, I was up there, and he was having trouble with the sound system. Mm-hmm. Me being a sound engineer. There you go. I hop up on stage. I start moving cables around, and the kids that had been in there before had unplugged microphones and whatnot. Uh, right. Got him back up and running, and... He was rather thankful. I can imagine so. (laughs) All right. Randy Preston, thank you so much. Appreciate you taking time. Uh, Remind us again, the opening of Midco Arena. We are a week and a half away, Friday night, and I don't have the date in front of me, 
But the 26th. 26th. Thank you yeah. very much. 26th and 27th. I know there's tickets available. Friday night should be an absolute hoot. If it's anything like we had out at the Premier Center, uh, trust me. Good Opening times night's going to be a great time. All right. Appreciate it, Randy. Thank you. Thanks, David. And we'll be back to wrap up the Dave Holly Hour in just a moment. Dr. Perry Langston and Dr. Corey Tooney know excellence is in you. That's why they provide you with excellent care at Exo Chiropractic, improving your overall health in spirit, body, mind, and will. Get results the natural way. Arrange a consultation, 605-332-9235 or exochiros.com. Excellent care for excellent people. Exo Chiropractic. Located at 4309 South Racket Drive in Sioux Falls. Check out the new ceramic studio in Sioux Falls. Conveniently located off Kiwanis Avenue on 5th Street. TJS Ceramics inside Oscar's Mini Storage. Bisque, studio time, painting parties, and finished items are available. Visit TJS Ceramics Studio in Sioux Falls today. For him, every day is a holiday. Here again, Dave Holly. Thanks again to my great guests, Debbie Jones, Macy Lupica, and Whitney Rapana, and Randy Preston. As always, the biggest thank you goes to each of you that listen, download, and share and follow. Now, if you haven't so far, follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Besides information about the show, you'll find out when Dave Holly Hour Trivia is going on at Chasers. For all 213 episodes, Go online at DaveHollyHour.com. By the way, use the search function on our website to look up when your favorite artist may have been on before, and then listen to any of those previous episodes. As the Sioux Falls Arts Council says, together we art. As Arts South Dakota says, home is where the art is. As I say, put some art in your heart. Remember, I'm Dave Holly, and for me, every day is a holiday. The Dave Holly Hour has been brought to you by TJS Ceramic Studio, Serendipity Studio Gallery and Gifts, Chasers Food and Spirits, XL Chiropractic, Quality Nails, Jesse Moffitt Entertainment, and the Sioux Falls Arts Council. If you would like to contribute to the continued success of this podcast, simply buy Dave a cup of coffee. Go to DaveHollyHour.com and click on the coffee cup icon. Don't forget to stay up to date on the show by following on Instagram and Facebook. The Dave Holly Hour is produced in the Dipsy Doodle Studios by Big D Entertainment. Thanks for listening.